Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Winfield has set up most of the first half in foul trouble, scored the go-ahead basket. One last try for the Bruins of UCLA to get into the Sweet 16. Knocked out last year in the first round by Tulsa. They don't want to lose this one. Edley going the distance. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there. And thank you so much for joining us today on the Get Home Safe podcast. If that sound sounded familiar, well, that was from 1995, the very famous Tyus Edney, coast to coast with 4.8 seconds left, going the distance to beat Missouri at the buzzer and advance to the Sweet 16. Uh, that moment was sent in by a few of our listeners as their favorite sports moment, or one of their top 10, I should say. And I will get to some of those today, and I appreciate Brian Earls and John Lee sending in their memories from uh, their sports viewing, their favorite moments, their top 10, if you will. And for those of you who'd like to send in uh, more of those, or send in yours, by all means, send them in. They're fun to discuss. They're fun to look back on and say, man, I remember where I was when that happened. So 1995, UCLA went on to win the national championship that year by barely beating the Missouri Tigers that day and one of the most iconic buzzer beaters in NCAA tournament history. Who's ready for some March Madness? It's here, guys. This weekend, we got the play-in games on on Thursday, four, four matchups, and then Friday and Saturday, it's on 16 games each day, followed up by eight more on Sunday and Monday. Let the mayhem begin. It has been over 700 days since the last NCAA tournament was played, so I'm very excited about it. I'm not going to lie. There'll be a lot of phone watching while I'm at work. Hopefully my employer doesn't hold that against me, but I think a lot of people will be in that predicament uh, over the weekend. So hope you guys are excited for some March Madness. I thought we'd open with a little basketball there uh, because we're going to talk a lot of baseball today. I'm talking a lot of baseball with my good friend Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. We have a lot of war stories we're going to share. Again, today's show was very listener-driven, so we have a lot of questions from listeners that we are going to get to today. Um, some of those questions were also from John Lee and Brian Earls. We also have questions from uh, 
Kevin's Carpio. So some very good topics. A lot of them are baseball related. Uh, they asked about uh, ejection stories and also what are the craziest plays we've seen. So a lot of those happen to be on baseball fields for Bill and I. But make no mistake about it, I am definitely in a basketball mood. I am ready to go for March Madness, and I hope you guys are as well. And maybe on Friday, maybe on Friday we'll open the show with another buzzer beater. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I will tell you this about Friday. Our show on Friday will be very uh, football-centered. Not only is Real Hondo Prep playing Pasadena Poly, their rivals, on Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock at the Rose Bowl. Be sure to tune into that game at rhprep.org. You can live stream it, and uh, Rio is asking for a very, uh, you know, voluntary, voluntarily donation, if you will, and I will be donating, and hopefully others out there can as well, to donate to the program and and help make that game possible. But anyway, that game is happening Friday, the biggest game of the season for Rio Hondo Prep and Pasadena Poly, one of the best rivalries in uh, all of Southern California. And then our guest on Friday will be Coach Deshaun Burns. He's the head football coach at Linfield Christian High School down in Temecula, California. But he has a long uh, resume that we're going to kind of go over, go through his coaching story, talking about his experience coaching in college, coaching also at the NFL level, and how it all kind of comes full circle. He played football himself at USC. He coached uh, one of my good friends, Landon Goodwill, former teammate at Rio Hondo Prep, one of the best athletes. Hondo Prep has ever had at the school, uh, especially in football. And Landon went on to play at University of Texas at El Paso, also known as UTEP. And that's where he came across Coach Deshaun Burns. And Landon was gracious enough to set up the interview with Coach Burns and I. So that's what's ahead on Friday. I hope you will join us. A lot of great subject matter there, talking about football and just how football trains us for life and all of uh, his coaching stories there along the way. Lots of uh, great memories, again, from from Coach Burns. So be sure to join us on Friday. But first, today is Wednesday, and that's Bill Barnes, man. Weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes. I hope you guys are ready. Bill brought his A game today. He, he was fired up last week. And this week, we really enjoyed recording on Monday because, again, most of it was listener-driven. We got questions and topics, and, and it uh, really got Bill going in a, in a direction. And, and we bounced a, a few other th- items as well. But let me get real quick to a few memories that John Lee sent in, as well as uh, Brian Earls. Appreciate both of those guys. Uh, the first one that John Lee sent in, uh, John Lee Jr., that is, from up in Oregon. Uh, top 10 sports memories in no particular order. Tyus Sedney versus Missouri, the length of the court dash. And I was 10 years old when that happened. And I remember UCLA was ranked really high, one or two in the country all year, and uh, was in jeopardy of losing that game. And that buzzer beater to go the length of the floor, to go behind the back, and uh, all the way to the bucket. Didn't pull up. Didn't pull up for a, a 20-footer or whatever like a lot of kids do these days. He went all the way to the glass. Just a, a great, great win for the UCLA program, and, and again, that propelled them onto their national championship. So great one there, John. Um, he also listed this just in general, UNLV, everything about that early 90s squad. Uh, uh, you know, Larry, Grandma Johnson, Stacy Ogman, Moses Scurry, Greg Anthony, Anderson Hunt, to name a few, some amazing players. Uh, you, you think about it now in a program like UNLV to be almost back-to-back national champs in the early 90s. They lost to Duke one year and one one year. But to think that, a, I mean, it's, it's not really a well-known school. I would consider them still a mid-major. But the fact they were to 
to put together this talent in the early 90s and be one of the top teams in the country is, is pretty awesome. And, and I find it hard to believe that UNLV has a tough time or, or isn't consistently dominant in other sports. I mean, I know they're young kids and when you're, it, it's different when you go to Vegas as a, as a kid versus an adult or whatever, but I would have to think that sports would be really big time there and well-funded and, and kids will want to go there, but Hey, what do I know? Anyway? Uh, yes, John Lee, the UNLV squad in the early nineties. So fun to watch. They, they up and down the floor, fast paced basketball, uh, really, really was a special bunch. And if you haven't seen some of those highlights, guys, definitely go back and look at UNLV basketball from the early 90s. Uh, John Lee also wrote in, he got to witness Dave Winfield hit a 7 billion foot bomb in Minnesota at the indoor facility. He can't remember what the name was. Uh, the, that would have been the uh, the Metrodome, I believe, John. But he must have been there on a summer trip or something and saw uh, Minnesota twin great Dave Winfield hit a monstrous home run. Uh, he said it was sick, just sick, a capital letter. So thanks for sharing that. I can, I can imagine one specific moment like that jumping out and just, uh, you know, being like, wow, this one I loved. He, he got to meet Merlin Olson. He didn't know who, who he was at the time. He just knew him as big John uh, Garvey. That must've been an actor or something he was portraying. Uh, Merlin Olson, uh, what, what a guy he was, a legendary member of the L.A. Rams, fearsome force, and one of the best defensive linemen out there. Uh, let's see, he listed uh, UCLA versus Gonzaga. I mentioned that one already. He sent me, he even sent me a picture of uh, Brian Morrison crying, which I thought was really funny. But but this one takes the cake. I must say, this is a sports memory from John Lee. He said he and his wife were at a, a Ducks game up in Oregon versus UCLA, and. Uh, they got on the kiss cam and John planted one on his wife and, and the crowd started cheering. And then the camera started inching up or, or inching away to reveal that John had a UCLA shirt on, or maybe they both did. I don't know, but they're at a Eugene uh, Oregon ducks game. So the same crowd that was cheering John on for the big smooch he put on his wife then started to boo. So I know John, John's competitive. He loves his Bruins. He's not, he lives in Oregon, but he's not a big ducks fan by any means. So uh, that must have been a special moment, and, and thank you, John, for sending those in. That uh, <laughs> that those are those are really great, great sports memories. See, guys, they can be anything. They can be things you view. They can be th- things you experience. But uh, w- well done, well done, Mr. John Lee. Uh, awesome stuff there. Okay, my good friend Brian Earls, who is a, a football official in the Big Sky Conference, he sent in some of his uh, top sports memories and brief explanations with thoughts. Uh, these are again in no order. Let's see. There's not 10 of them. I think there's like uh, six of them here. But anyway, he says the 2002 World Series, Angels versus Barry Bonds in his prime, seven games, K-Rod, Thundersticks, uh, JT Snow grabbing Dusty Baker's son at home plate. I am an Angels fan, fan, so I might be biased. Well, I will say as a non-Angels fan, Brian, that was one of the most memorable World Series uh, I've ever witnessed. Two California teams, Northern California versus Southern California. I know Dodger fans were really torn, if they're honest. Like, ah, I don't want to root for the Angels, but I cannot root for the Giants. So for those of you, those of us like me who just watch it uh, from an impartial standpoint, and, and I got to be honest, I'm not, uh, I, I wanted the Giants to lose. Uh, just an unbelievable series. Went seven games. Barry Bonds hit some big-time home runs in that game, in that series. I think game six really stands out with a huge comeback. With uh, let's see, Garrett, was it Garrett Anderson? No, his his hit was in the uh, 
the game seven, the bases clearing double, I think. But in game six, like the five run comeback, five nothing, the, the Angels come back in like the eighth inning to tie that game and then won the one game to uh, force a game seven. That for me is probably the most memorable, but. Yeah, JT Snow grabbing Dusty Baker's kid. Uh, really, really cool stuff there. Let's see. Brian Earls also mentions the 2008 Super Bowl, the undefeated Patriots versus the huge underdog and the David Tyree catch. Yes, who can forget that? I thought the Patriots were unstoppable and no one was going to uh, come close. But the Giants defense really, really got to Tom Brady that day and held that offense down. Because even though you think of the Patriots and great defense and everything, at that time, they were very much an offensive football team. And I still can't believe they 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 lost that game. And the Giants and Eli Manning uh, came through. But anyway, we mentioned that one before. A couple more here from Brian Earl. 2017 Super Bowl, 28-3. 28-3 lead by the Atlanta Falcons. Tom Brady's greatness, a meltdown by the Falcons. And Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan just couldn't quite get it done. Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, if you remember. The the Patriots needed a lot of luck in that game, but again, chance favors the prepared mind. And the Falcons were throwing the ball quite a bit, which burned a lot of clock. They did not run the ball like they probably should have with a big lead. And there were some late turnovers the Patriots got, I think on some sack fumbles and things that really put them in position. They had to get two-point conversions. A lot of things had to go their way, but they executed and the best comeback in Super Bowl history, followed up by the first overtime game in Super Bowl history. The Patriots uh, walked it off with that sweep around the right side. Uh, that was my first Super Bowl watching in a, was it my first year? First year in the new apartment. I've just moved out a week prior. We're sitting there enjoying that Super Bowl and uh, one for the ages for sure. Tough. I don't think the Falcons have recovered since. Okay, the 20, 2006 Rose Bowl, USC versus Texas. Vince Young goes off. The Reggie Bush's uh, random l- pitch, his lateral. Uh, Brian writes on here, what are you doing? <laughs> LOL. So, yeah, I think a lot of people thought that when Reggie Bush had that huge play and then just tried to lateral it to a teammate. They fumbled and Texas jumped on the ball. That could have been a back- backbreaker for Texas, but it is what it is. We all know what happened. I think a lot of Trojan fans uh, remember that game for all the wrong reasons, but uh, a tough, tough loss indeed, but one of the best college football games of all time. Okay, last one from Brian. This hasn't been mentioned yet, and I thought it was a good one. The 1998 home run chase between Sosa and Mark McGuire. Both guys juiced out of their minds, but, man, that was entertaining as a fan to watch. I remember watching that. I was uh, 13, and I was – I couldn't believe uh, all the hype around baseball because I grew up with the, I see the Braves win the world series or, you know, whatever uh, the Braves and the Indians, I think had won by that time. And uh, not the Indians, the Marlins. And anyway, the, the home run chase itself, the whole country was just like glued to the TV. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. Did they hit a home run today? Did they hit two today? Uh, where are they each in the, in the, in the race? And I remember, it was a it was a day game, and I watched live as Mark McGuire tied the record. And then the next day, I think I was getting my hair cut, and then I I saw a sports store, and I ran into the sports store over in San Dimas. I think it was a play against sports, and I said, "Hey, I'm not here to buy anything, but did 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 Mark McGuire did he hit the home run to take to to uh, become the all time leader?" And the guy said, "Yeah, first inning, or maybe whatever second at bat. Well, I think it was the first at bat." But he goes, yeah, it barely got out. 
And I was like, oh man, that's so cool. And I had just missed it. I had just missed seeing it, but I remember getting home later and seeing the highlights. But I'll never forget that running in a, a sports store and being like, hey, did Mark McGuire hit his home? Because I knew the game was going on. And I knew he needed one more after tying the record. And I said, yeah, he barely hit it out. And then later seeing the grounds crew guy who who caught the ball or found the ball and then gave it to Mark McGuire later on. All that stuff. Really good one, Brian. Really good one. Thank you so much, both Ryan Earls and John Lee, for sending in your sports memories, things that uh, you just remember from either watching sports or being at. And again, guys, if anyone who wants to send me in their list, it doesn't have to be one specific moment. It could be an entire World Series. It could be uh, one swing of the bat, a buzzer beater, uh, uh, an entire game, uh, an entire season, or a bunch of players, as you heard from John Lee and Brian Earls today. So really good stuff. Thank you so much, guys. I hope everyone's ready for some more memories to be made here this weekend with March Madness, and then uh, don't blink, guys, because before you know it, it'll be over, and then it's into Major League Baseball and the dog days of summer and waiting around until football comes back. So that's kind of the timeline right now. I hope everyone's having a great Wednesday. Have a safe St. Patrick's Day out there, will you? I know maybe not everyone is as big into to this holiday as others are, but regardless of what you're doing, be safe. Uh, enjoy, celebrate. I know the, the, the drain, the McGarren family out there, they're very big into uh, St. Patrick's day. Hello to them. I'm sure they woke up with, uh, some, uh, green colored food or something from, uh, their, their lovely mom, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Drain, who was formerly known as Maura, Maura McGarren. So, uh, one of my favorite church, uh, speeches or messages from Mr. Ken Drain talking about his wife and, uh, the drain family and wearing his green jacket up there, uh, Almost looking like he won won the Masters, right, in golf. But no, the green jacket while giving the speech on uh, or the message on St. Patrick's Day, uh, one of my favorite church messages of all time from Mr. Ken Drain. Anyway, that's enough out of me. It's time to get to Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Thank you to Brian and John for sending in their info. And guys, be sure to stick around for after the uh, recording with Bill Barnes for, of course, more news and information about upcoming shows. But first, let's get to Bill Barnes, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Wednesday. You guys know what it's time for. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, I'm joined once again by Mr. William Barnes. We're recording on a Monday morning. You'll hear this episode on Wednesday for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Bill Barnes, good morning. How are things going? It couldn't be any better except the fucking rain. I, I really don't like the rain. It's <laughs> um, been this way for about a week now. It's cold. It's miserable. It's depressing. I feel like I'm in Oregon, and I don't like it. And my apologies to my Oregon friends. I don't know how you do it. Um, you must get used to it. Um, but anyway, I, I want some sunshine or else I'm going back to Mexico. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Uh, well, Bill, this week we happen to have a lot of interaction from our listeners. We have a lot of questions with some really, really good topics that we're going to get okay. to. Um, but just a, a couple of house cleaning items on my end before we get started. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. First of all, 
Um, as many of our listeners know, uh, this last Saturday was a was an ugly day in the history of my life, and I posted about it on Facebook. And I want to thank each and every one of the listeners that 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 acknowledged uh, the post about my son, who twelve years ago on Saturday passed in a very uh, ugly way. And uh, I really appreciate everybody's. Uh, even though, even even the non-listeners, um, everybody's acknowledgement on that very touching, and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart to every one of you out there. Everybody knows I'm kind of an asshole, but I do have a soft spot soft spot at times, and this is one of those times. So thank you very much, and I want a, a special shout out to our friend Margie, avid uh, loyal listener out in Yakaipa. She was kind enough and nice enough to send me a link on a COVID vaccine site at Yukaipa High School that is launched. It's the double shot Pfizer, and I am signed up for my first shot on Saturday, March 27th. Saturday, March 27th, I will be there to get the uh, horse needle in the arm and um, <laughs> be on my way to living a uh, full and productive life post-COVID. And uh, Margie, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you very much. You're very kind to have sent that. And again, to everybody else who acknowledged uh, my post, uh, much love to you all. All right, let's get started. Let's yeah. let's get the asshole bill back. Let's no, go. no, absolutely. Well, I have one more soft spot, uh, hopefully for you, Bill. Okay. Uh, kind of somber news. Yes. Uh, I, I forgot to bring this up, but since you mentioned Oregon, the rain, and your Facebook post, mm -hmm. uh, one of our most avid listeners, Steve Allman. Yes. A good friend of yours. Yes. Um, that you met on Facebook through yes. this podcast. Unfortunately, uh, his father passed away over the weekend. And okay. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook, but I want to give you a moment to not to sure. Say I don't think I did, or I would have, I would have uh, paid homage to that. Uh, Steve, we wish you the best. God bless and Godspeed to your dad. And uh, he's in a better place as we all will be at some point in time in our afterlife. And we will, See him again. You will see him again, I'm sure. And um, keep living your life and 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 keep moving forward. And um, uh, the sun will shine, my good man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it sure as hell isn't here in California, but maybe it will in Oregon. <laughs> well, more Oregon weather here. And, uh, you know, we'll go to the questions now that we got from some listeners. We'll go to Steve Almond's brother-in-law, John Lee, another Oregonian. Uh, his question to you jesus all, all you real hondo people are all all you're all related in one way or another it's the a, family tree goes deep and long doesn't it it, it sure does <laughs> there there are some uh people who that's kind of the running joke everyone's related yeah it's okay uh, well what's john's question <laughs> anyway uh john john lee's question to you bill was we know which politicians you dislike slash loathe Mm -hmm. But name three of your favorite politicians or three that have your respect and why. Okay. Um, they're probably all going to be Republicans, I hate to say, because the Democrats have completely fallen off the world of reality, in my opinion. Number one, I would say uh, the, the uh, congressman from Ohio, the wrestler. What was his name? The wrestler? He was a former wrestler in college. At Ohio State. Oh, I don't. God damn it. He always never wears a jacket. I had his name five minutes ago. And it <laughs> goddamn escaped me. 
What am I supposed to read your mind? No, I'm going to look it up. Oh. Right now. Keep here. Get get some fill time. Say fill Talk. time. Fill Talk. time. Say Talk. something. Talk. Speak, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Speak. Speak. Okay. Oh, yeah. So so uh, well, I'm kind of there with Bill in a lot of ways, but um, I think somebody who has just been impressive the past year. Um, his body of work, he, he's really been a true leader. Jim Jordan, Jim, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Oh, man, he's a stud. Jim Jordan. You're right. You're right. If he's the man. I, I would like to see him launch a presidential run. Okay. I, I, There's, there'd be no more bullshit if he won. <laughs> I, I think. All right. We'd all be wearing uniforms. Okay. This country, the, the draft would be reinstituted. There wouldn't be any bullshit kids on the streets. Okay. The country would be back where it belongs. Tough love. Tough, Tough love. love from Jim Absolutely. Jordan. Absolutely. Jim Jordan, number one. Well, who I was going to say uh, for me was uh, Ron DeSantis. I, I Every time I see news about him, I just like him more and more. The governor of Florida, who's really been at the forefront well, of uh I agree year. with you. I agree with you. He likes to roll. He likes to roll the dice, man. Yeah. He's rolling the <laughs> dice. He's got that place wide open. He does. He's got, you know, the free love on on the beaches of, uh, of uh, Fort Lauderdale right now. Everybody's uh, rolling in the sand, screwing in a pile, and we'll see, we'll see if this COVID thing re, 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 uh, resurfaces down there oh, yeah. because it's wide open. Oh, wide open! It's like it's like it's uh, like America. They're partying like it's 1999. Okay, you know what's crazy? Think about this, Bill. When sports were gone, you know, a year ago, um, sports came back, and think of think of Florida and how influential it is. Uh, the first event, UFC. Mm-hmm. What came back to, mm-hmm. I think it was Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. The NBA bubble was in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, the college football national championship, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of all the things Florida mm-hmm. yeah. has been there. They're for. either they're either padding their stats to make them lower, <laughs> or those people live healthy lives and they're not catching it. Yeah. Or the or the Florida warmth is burning off the shit. Yeah. One or the other. Because you know, and congrats to him, man. Yeah. Well done, sir. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and it's not like there's not any cases. I just think that. You know, when you compare the states, Florida to California specifically, like, okay. Well, and there is an elderly population down there. It's a, it's a retirement. You know, the Seinfelds moved down there to, to uh, La Boca Vista or wherever they moved to. In their show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, there's a mixed bag down there and they seem to be playing through. Yeah, absolutely. So back to your two more politicians, Bill. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to, I like DeSantis, but you, since you, since you fingered him oh, <laughs> or, we, or picked him, we bad, that? bad choice. Uh, I'll have to go with, uh, I would say, the uh, Mike McCarthy here in California. Is that his name? Mike McCarthy? Well, that's the form, That's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Mike oh, McCarthy. Uh, What's his name? I'm, I'm bad on names. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Damn it. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to say here, Bill, that to John's question – I'm I'm gonna say it doesn't have to be anyone present. Maybe you, if you want to, if if it's someone from the past you really like, you can go there too. <clears throat> well, okay, I'll open it for that. Ah, uh, let's see. The past, the past. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God! You know, it can be present too. It doesn't have to be whatever dealer's choice. Well, uh, of course, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Sure. Yeah. Sure, Ronald Reagan. Absolutely. Think about it. You weren't alive then, but in the 80s, from 80 to 88, when he was running the show, mm-hmm. great time to live. Really? Great time to live. Huh. I mean, yeah. In fact, I'm going to send you a picture of me in 1981 partying like a rock star, and that will be the 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 uh, promo <laughs> shot for this week's uh, uh, episode. 
Okay. And we're, we're partying like it's 1981. And right. that's when Ronald Reagan was in charge. Uh, they were saying no to drugs. The cops were allowed to go out and do their job. They, the LAPD had, had uh, battering rams. They were, they were, they were just pulling tanks into crack houses <laughs> and putting people out of fucking business. Okay. Because it was a no nonsense, no bullshit. The, the, uh, airline, uh, air traffic controllers thought they'd be cool and strike. And guess what? Reagan fired them. Wow. He fucking fired him. Strike again. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, gone. Strike again. Strike from your living room when you're on unemployment. Bring in, <laughs> bring in some new people. Wow. Okay. He didn't take any bullshit. Now I'm all about unions. I'm all about that. But it was illegal for them to strike, mm -hmm. even though they had a union. It was illegal. So guess what? He fucking fired him. Do, do do sheriffs count as government as politicians or no? Yeah, they're elected officials. Yes. Are they? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, one of mine that uh, stands out is Sheriff David Clark, I believe from Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, yes, excellent. Out, if you excellent. follow him, like him on Facebook. Excellent. Oh my goodness, excellent, excellent leader. Yes, a guy who cuts through the red tape will will not let uh, <laughs> will not listen to uh, the false narratives out there, and he combats the false narratives. So mm -hmm. a really great leader, I think. Sheriff mm -hmm. David Clark is one. For he, me. You, my only problem with Reagan is he let those psychos. He 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 shut the doors to the nut houses and he let all these, all these, um, these, uh, schizophrenic jackasses run the street. Oh, wow. And that's my only beef with, with, uh, with, uh, Ronnie Reagan is that he, he allowed that shit to happen. Now for my third, and I'm going to shock people and I'm going to go across the board and I'm going to be, I'm going to pick a Democrat this time. Oh boy. I liked him. I thought some of the stuff he did was a little goofy, but I'd love to go party with him. I'd love to go, sit in a bar with him and drink a little bit is Bill Clinton. <laughs> okay. I liked him. I liked his style. Now he didn't take any bullshit. He, he let some stuff go. He, he shut down a lot of the, uh, uh, uh military bases and he, he kind of, you know, took a soft approach on that. However, however, he was good with economics. Uh, he, uh, you know, he had an ego, which all politicians have. But there were parts of Bill Clinton I liked. Mm -hmm. If he was my neighbor, I think we could go out, smoke cigars, and uh, flirt with the neighbor chicks, and barbecue together and have a good time. <laughs> Bill, Bill Bar, the bipartisan Bill Barnes. Bipartisan, absolutely. <laughs> when you think I'm all about the red corner, a little blue in me comes out. A little, little blue, right. absolutely. Right. Not, not the police badge. Blue. No, no, no. Uh, someone else that I again from Florida, and I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go two here. Two, two more. Uh, but Matt Gates, I absolutely love his passion. I love how intense he is. He's a congressman from Florida. Uh, Gates, G O E T Z, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be Gots. Gots. Oh, there's yeah. Gates. Uh, whatever. Whatever it is. Go it. Uh, but anyway, a rising star in the uh, Republican Party and someone I could. Well, the Republicans need him. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, definitely someone that that is uh, stand, standing tall. And I've mentioned it on here before. I think it's the South Dakota governor, Christy Noem. Love her. She, Love her. She's fantastic. She's, she's easy on the eyes. <laughs> she's good looking, which is a good thing, you know? Absolutely. When, when she says things that are, that are uh, un, uh, uncomfortable, you know, her looks might soothe it a little bit. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, nothing wrong with uncomfortable. Jim Jordan's a great one uh, there, Bill. I mm -hmm. really, I really, really like that. Um, 
And then uh, I had one more for you. Did you have a third? Oh, you, you said I go gave you, I, I picked Clinton. That's right. You, um, you walked it off. Me and, with, me and, the, me and Bubba, Bubba, man. We're going to go smoke some cigars, <laughs> drink a little beer, and, uh, you know, and uh, cat call the, the women in the neighborhood. Why not? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I got two for you. Tim Scott, a Republican yes. senator yes. from South Carolina. Yes. Fantastic. Gets a lot like of grief. Him. I like him. A good leader. Mm -hmm. And uh, the final one for me is uh, the Oklahoma governor, uh, Kevin, Kevin Skitt, Kevin Stitt, excuse okay. me, All right. S-T-I-T-T. -T. I think he's a great leader and someone that uh, is running his state very well. So, John Lee, I hope that answers your questions. We're not all, all about I, I, I bashing here. I would have said Donald Trump, but to me, he's not a politician. I would agree with that statement. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, Jim Jordan was a wrestler, but became a politician mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Donald Trump uh, became president and everything. But I think as far as politicians go, um, those are some good ones that we mentioned. And I would encourage anyone out there to uh, check out some of those people on, you know, social media or whatever and, and see see what they're about for yourself. And I think you'll understand where Bill and I are coming from. Good subject, huh? Yes, yeah. outstanding. More about uh, love, less, uh, less, less, uh, Less uh, grief, I should say, or whatever, Bill. No, great, outstanding. <laughs> You're a lover, not a fighter. Absolutely, okay. but don't, but don't provoke me. Don't, no, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Okay, okay, Bill, this is a good one. I'm really excited about okay. this. This All comes right. from one of our loyal listeners, Brian Earls. Brian who, Earls, who's an official in the Big Sky Conference, football official. Brian Earls, yeah. outstanding. Brian, get him right, will you? Yeah, you, you've seen him work a few times in the Skyac when you were a clock operator for the Skyac. Uh, I probably did. One of the I probably watched him. <laughs> kill the clock and I was asleep and I didn't kill the clock. And then the white hat gets on the, on the, on the radio and says, uh, clock operator, please adjust the time to three minutes and 42 seconds. Yeah. It gives I, me a dirty look and I, I adjust it. <laughs> but anyway, no, yeah, Brian, you're, you're good. When, when you're, when you were some of your many little jobs, Bill, being a clock operator, I, I was, mean, a, I was a master of all and, or a, a jack of all and master of none. <laughs> Just ready to get the game done. Um, let me tell you, if, if Bill Barnes is running your clock, you're in good hands because the game will go. go. Yeah, we're keeping it running. Yeah, keep rolling. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to go with Brian's second question first mm -hmm. because I think the sports question will be a little bit longer. So, okay. Brian, thanks for writing in. Yes, okay. Brian. Good okay. to hear from you. Bill. Yes. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is all you, man. Oh, Jesus. Best fights slash breakup stories with an ex-girlfriend or oh, wife. Christ. <laughs> well, there's, there's a litany of them. There's a list a mile long. But the one that's most memorable because it was very, very uncomfortable and it was very time-consuming and a bit uh, expensive was the following. All right. Uh, because you know, you, sh you showed me these questions earlier, so I'm, pre I'm prepared for this. We did some show prep. Yes, yeah. yes, we did. We did a little prep. Okay. Um, let's go back to about 1986 in the year of our Lord. And it's the dead of winter. It's a January night. It's about 32 degrees in Riverside. It's cold. It's miserable. It's windy. I had just gotten off a uh, swing shift about midnight and I had broken up with, or I thought I had broken up with a young lady and I evidently she didn't get the memo. <laughs> you thought, and wow. I had was meeting another young lady oh. to have uh, a couple of uh, evening beverages oh. at a uh, local establishment. And as we um, were drinking about 1230 in the, in the morning, I look over to the door and I see this, what I thought was the ex-girlfriend, in my opinion, 
leering at me from the door, just giving me a stare. And if she'd had a gun, I'd have probably been dead. She looked at me, she turned around, she left. I said, oh, great, she got the message. Oh, good, good. She's taking it like a champ. And lo and behold, uh, as things turned out, uh, the young lady that I was with that night, who I knew very well, uh, she decided she needed a place to stay that evening and wanted to you know, stay at my place. So we uh, venture over to my condominium and uh, we get there about 2 a.m. And I walk in and the air conditioning is on to about 40 degrees. <laughs> Every window in the place is open. Every blanket Every towel, every bit of bedding is gone. You could hang icicles inside this place. <laughs> Lo and behold, evidently, the young lady prior to this young lady still had a key. Oops. And she went in and she took, like I say, the bedding, the towels, the blankets, turned the air conditioner down to 32 degrees, opened up every fucking window in the place. And... There's no way I could warm the place up. No, no. So therefore, I had to go get a hotel room for the night, spend money, and on a young cop's salary, that was a little, you know, out of the, out of my bargaining basement. And so, uh, you know, touche. She got me. Not bad. That's, Not bad. That's good work. Good work. Good now, work. to all you women that are listening, <laughs> uh, don't try that. Don't try that at home. Okay, <laughs> that's not a good move. If you want to piss off your old man. That's the way to do it. Wow. So um, went back the next day, and it was still about 48 degrees in there. I had to go out and buy all new bedding, all new towels, all new blankets, uh, and I changed the locks on my door. <laughs> and uh, that was uh, probably the most painful, embarrassing, um, like, stick it up your ass I'd had. So what did you tell the young lady that you were with that you brought to the house. <laughs> I told her that there had been a, uh, a, a, some type of invasion into my house <laughs> by a crazed ex-girlfriend who uh, obviously, uh, you know, couldn't let go. Yeah. And I said, I guess I'm worth it. You might want to invest some time. In yeah. Me. If she likes me that much. You might want to, you know, even though let's work through this rough patch. That's right. That's yeah. right. You didn't tell her that she was an ex-girlfriend of about a day. She was an ex-girlfriend of about probably six months. Okay. To, yeah. To, yeah. To She'd the... been around a while. Okay. But, you know, uh, things just went kind of rocky and we just, or I decided to part ways. Evidently, she didn't get, like I said, she didn't get the memo. Didn't get the memo. And when she did, uh, she didn't take it too, too, uh, too good. So did you learn from that? Did you learn, okay, change the locks first or collect the keys? I had a locksmith break? on standby in those days. <laughs> Probably about every three weeks, he'd have to come over and change the locks. And I'd have to put locks on the window. And uh, yeah, so and I'd lock away my my, uh, my 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 blankets and sheets and towels and everything else that would keep me warm. Lock it down. Lock it down. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Lock it down. So That's anyway, hilarious. that is the most painful, disgusting, freezing one that, that of, of all i've had some doozies but well, that's let, about the top how about okay that's the top uh what about the silver and the bronze give me give me oh shit yeah. oh god well that could be it could be quick ones could be a lady threw a drink in your face whatever Just, oh that's happened that, Jesus that's christ daily I've, but you're i'm surprised i haven't drowned <laughs> oh 
<laughs> Breakup stories. Come on, Bill. I know oh, you got them. God, I had my car keyed. Ooh. Yeah, that ain't cool. That wasn't no, cool. Let's, uh, come on, ladies. Take yeah, it come easy. On. I, Bill. Know, I know. You know, you know, Bill's come, not that. You know, take, take, an, take a axe handle to me. All right? <laughs> I can handle that. Don't fuck my car up. Okay? Um, what else? Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, God. Uh, okay. All right. Let's see. Let me, let me dial one up here. All right. Um, okay. About probably two years after the... Uh, the incident in 86, you'd think I'd learned my lesson, but I didn't. Um, I was out one night and I had told the young, this young lady that I would meet her at my house um, after work. Well, I decided to go out and drink with the guys or something. I don't know what it was. And um, she said, she took it literally that I was going to meet her at the place. So what she does, she comes over. She'd obviously been liquored up too. She decides to climb through my front window and wait for me upstairs, uh, completely naked, and which is not a bad thing. Um, and so my neighbors see this. They call the cops. The cops roll out. <laughs> the cops roll out. And they're thinking it's a burg in progress at a cop's house where there's probably guns. So they go in the house and they're searching the house and they find this naked woman in my bed and they knew where I was at. So they called, this is back before cell phones, pagers, you know, uh, smoke signals, any of that shit. <laughs> so they call the establishment where I'm at and they have me come to the phone and the dispatcher says, yeah, Bill, we have a, a four five nine in progress at your house, which means burglary. Uh, you might want to respond over there. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm in route. So I drive over there and the two cops there, God bless their souls. Uh, <clears throat> Dave War. And Johnny Romo, or who have both since passed, um, at, at my front door, and they've got this smirk on their face, and they're laughing, and they're going, "Hey, man, whatever you got, we want, man. You got some chick that broke into your house, and she's waiting for you naked in your bed." He goes, "That's fucking great, dude. Boy, we thought we were rolling to a Bergen Progress, and we got some some hot naked chick in your bed, and we think we figured." I go, "John," he says, "Hey, Johnny, you got the Polaroid?" And he goes, "No, I thought you did." <laughs> So we were both screwed or we'd have, you know, taken photos for evidence, but you know, Hey, handle it. It's all yours. <laughs> so of course I had a, a, a damn near drunken passed out corpse in my bed who was of absolutely no use to me. So I had to sleep downstairs and uh, you know, the next morning I woke up and I said, you know, try knocking on the door. And if I'm not home, come back. I go, did you know what kind of shit you caused? You know, she goes, and she knew these guys. She knew Johnny and, and, and Dave. I said, guess what? Johnny and Dave saw you naked. And that, that was absolutely traumatic to her. So I think she learned her lesson there. Wow. So those are the top two. Wow. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. They, these, the stories all seem to start with you out being out at night. Well, that's usually the demise of me. You know, usually, <laughs> you know, I, I, would, I, would, I would say I would promise the world I'd give nothing. I would decide, yeah, they can wait. I'd go out and have a few pops with the guys. And then, uh, lo and behold, we've got, uh, it, we've got drama at the residence. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I almost felt like, you know, I was the first coming of the Kardashians. <laughs> you know, there's always drama. Oh yeah. Always drama. Uh, okay. I'm going to make an addendum to this question. Okay, Bill, what, since you've been around a lot of cops, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be your story. What's the craziest 
break because I know you've you've heard a few the craziest breakup story or something. No names, just something that happened to a, a cop or colleague that you were like, oh man, that was rough. Well, <clears throat> before I came on, probably this probably happened in the seventies. There was a a, co- a copper in Riverside who uh, got more ass in a toilet seat. Okay, this guy would could walk in a room and the women would flock to him. Okay. And he was out. And the problem was he was married though. Okay. At the time he was, he was at a Howard Johnson's restaurant having his lunch break with a uh, stripper from one of the local strip clubs. And his wife came by, saw this, went out and it started uh, bashing out the windows, knocked out the red lights, the headlights. She started taking, she took a baseball bat to his police unit. Oh, the police car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all he did, he just sat in there and just kept having, he, he said, I'm not going to stop her. I'm like, he goes, I know who it is. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll arrest her later. <laughs> and uh, as it turned out, he got some serious time off, had to pay for the damage. Oh, and damn near got fired. And uh, the DA uh, refused to prosecute because they felt that he was kind of the uh, the uh, light to that fire by having a stripper out in public with him uh, and while his wife was subjected to that. Oh, so that's probably the worst. Uh, and, and this guy, um, you know, he liked to live on the edge. Okay. And like I say, he had the Midas touch. The my, yeah. So anyway, that's probably the worst. So and then I'm sure he was unmarried after that. You know, <laughs> or did they stay? There's a fine line between love and hate, <laughs> and the love won. Oh. I think she stayed with him. No way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can survive that, you can survive anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, do the worst. Wow. I, I doubt he had any more uh, stripper lunch. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no. Wow. No. Wow. The uh, America's finest there. Uh, hey, they get a lunch break. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> on that note, I had this question written down. I want to kind of piggyback it right there. Um, when when police officers are suspended, I saw this in a show, and so mm-hmm. I brought up when they're suspended. Does everyone kind of know? Or yes. Is it, okay, they yes. do. Everybody within that station. Knows. Okay. It's not like Bill's yeah. on vacation. No, 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 no. Okay. No, everybody knew Bill was suspended. Okay. No, no, no. Trust me. And the, the, the several suspensions that I had, everybody knew it. And they knew why. And they knew how long. <laughs> and no, no. It, 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 there's no secrets. How come some suspensions are with pay and some are without? Well, without pay is, is, is punitive. And that's your, that's your punishment. Suspensions with pay is uh, you've been relieved of duty pending um, this or that, and you're, and they can't, um, be punitive yet because the allegations have not been proven or disproven. So you're off duty with pay. You're, you're just, you know, out of the picture for a while. And when the, the incident is investigated and it's deemed to be egregious, then the time off will then be administered without pay. Okay. Cause t- time off, with pay doesn't sound so bad. I mean, it's a well, slap on the it, wrist, it, but it, it, you're sitting home getting paid, but you're, you're on pins and needles because you know that uh, some bad shit may come your way. Okay. And you may be sitting home next week without pay Ooh. and you may have to go, you know, 
get a part-time job bagging groceries or something to make up for the money you're not making. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. So, uh, and, and- I mean, I had a suspension that lasted, well, it lasted four weeks, two without pay two, I could take vacation that four weeks I went out and I was a substitute teacher for a month. Oh my goodness. Up. No. And let me tell you something. It was, it was kindergarten <laughs> through, through sixth grade and I was the activities leader. All I had to do was go out on a playground during the summer and play kickball with kids. And if you don't think that was a load of fun, I I told him, you pay me, you rate, you make, you give me a little raise and you give me benefits. I'll quit my job and I'll do this full time. Wow. I loved it. Loved it. And the single moms that would drop off their kids in the morning, win-win. I knew there was a catch. Oh my goodness, Bill Barnes. He has a heart and then never mind. <laughs> what a guy. Oh, Bill. I love it. I love it. Hey, I could see you as a kickball instructor out there. Uh, absolutely. Well, Bill. I loved it, man. It was great. That's fantastic. It was great. And these kids love me. They cried when I left. Oh, I bet. I they bet. were, they, they cried. They absolutely were, were inconsolable. <laughs> As were the mothers. <laughs> As were the mothers. Exactly. Oh boy. Well, we're gonna uh, we'll get back to more questions here. The questions here are uh, more sports related, and we will get right back to those questions right after this. Okay, we got some more questions, Bill. Questions. Yes. All right. I this, love them. This whole show. What are these questions? What are these questions? Well, this one's from Alice Sweet. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Oh, Alice Sweet needs to know where her next lay is coming <laughs> from. For those of you, listen, Google Manager's Corner or Earl Weaver, and you'll get the rest of that story. And okay. I won't spoil it. And it's for the not for the faint ears either. It's very, very R-rated. Listener discretion is yes. advised. Uh let's see here. Okay, but again, back uh Brian Earl's great, great, great question. Uh Brian had another one, and this will kind of lead us into another question later, uh, sports related. So Brian Earls, again. What are your most memorable interactions with players and coaches and or best ejection stories? So these are when things kind of got out of hand okay. and people I, had to go. All right. My, my, I think it was my first ever ejection. No, it was my second because he was okay. Uh, my first year I was 22 years old working junior college baseball. The it was Riverside city college against San Bernardino Valley college. I was working the plate at the old Evans park in Riverside. Evans Park is now a parking lot by Riverside <laughs> Community Hospital. That's how long it is. This is like 1981, okay? And the head coach, the head baseball coach at Riverside at the time was a guy named Al Fages. Al Fages, a very nice man, a very nice man. Uh, he sent a letter to T. Mark Johnson, who was the former athletic director at Riverside City College, who was now the Mission Conference uh, commissioner. So a guy with very little umpiring experience is now umpiring in the mission conference at before I was a cop, everything. I was a young, raw 22 year old kid. And I had Valley college who at that time was really good against Riverside who was horseshit. And it was like 12 to 10 in the ninth inning. And it was errors. It was just a bad, bad baseball game. And Al Fages was yelling about balls and strikes. And I went, I yelled over to him and I said, I said, I, you know, back then you could kind of, you know, throw some F-bombs every once in a while. And it, it wasn't frowned upon like it is now. And I said, Al, shut the fuck up. 
I said, <laughs> it's getting dark. I'm trying to get as many strikes as I can to get you out of here. He goes, by God, I got you into this league, and by God, I can get you out. I said, well, start right now. And I ejected him. I ejected him. And, he, okay, back then, he wore shorts and a, and a uh, polo shirt as a coach. Wow. And he didn't obviously didn't coach the bases. He had his assistants do it. And he's yelling. He's mouthing off. And he got, he got pissed, and he got kicked out, you know? So about a week later, I'm down. It was called the College of the Desert Tournament in Palm Springs. And my first game was Ventura College against RCC. And I'm on the bases, and we're at the plate meeting. And Al comes out, and he's in uniform this time, right? He comes to the plate meeting, and I go, hey, Al, how are you doing? He goes, I'm not going to shake hands with somebody as thin-skinned as you. Okay. I said, oh. I go, well, bully for you, Al. And I looked at my partner, Red Simmons. I go, Red, you got the lineup? He goes, I sure do. I said, Al, you're done. Get back to the hotel. Start, start in on, on a few drinks early, okay? <laughs> he, goes, well, he goes, you can't kick me out. The game hasn't started yet. I said, the fuck I can't. I go, my partner's got the lineup, and, and you're done. And then he, so he and I sat there, and we called each other everything but a white man <laughs> for about five minutes. And he got so, I thought he was, you know, he was older than, he was probably shit. He lived to be like a hundred and he died maybe five years ago. So I think he was probably, let's do the math. He was probably in his sixties then. And I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to have a, a myocardial infarction and drop right then and there. Wow. For those of you that are non-medical, that's a heart attack. I thought he was going to drop and it took three of his assistants to get him out of there. And needless to say the next year I was not umpiring in the mission conference <laughs> and i didn't hear a peep the rest of that game from anybody on either in either dugout no first casualty first bill barnes casualty i love it and they went and it was ugly it was a it was a bloodbath wow yeah wow but al it, god rest his soul was a very nice man and we had we saw each other years later when his grandson played for cal baptist Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he came down. His Mike Fages, his son, was the baseball coach at Elsinore High School for years. Good guy. We got along great. Uh, and Al and I, for the most part, got along. But he snapped one day, two days, actually. And I saw him when he was in his 90s at uh, Cal Baptist when his grandson was playing. And he still remembered, still remembered me. You butchered it up back then, Bill. <laughs> I said, Al, I said, I, I go, you got a better memory than I do. I, I can't remember. Oh, that's great stuff. Yeah. Is that is that uh, some of the – I think you have some pictures or was that a different coach? Oh, that was a different one. Okay. I that saw was a different College one. of the Desert. I saw that maybe. No, that was, I, that was some jackass from Montclair State from New Jersey. <laughs> he said, I wouldn't last three innings in uh, – you wouldn't last three innings in Jersey. I said, guess what, pal? You didn't last two. You're done. <laughs> I threw him out in the second inning. So. <laughs> a boy. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple from – man uh, – one of my first ejections where I got my heart got thumping a little. I was in, I was in Ohio, Lake County, Ohio, and this guy uh, Vance Vance Wilson, who um, had just got done playing in the big leagues as a catcher. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, tough guy, very tough guy. Oh, uh, tough guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, tough guy. <laughs> he was coaching third. Uh, he did not like me, and um, yeah, that's all I'll say. So anyway, there's a play at third. I. I Bang his uh, his runner out. Vance jumps in my face, and 
the runner behind Vance gets up, spikes his helmet. And <laughs> so I point over Vance's shoulder. I say, you, you're done. Vance and I keep going. I throw him out. Uh, you know, it's crazy. Everything, everyone's losing their mind. Uh, I eventually get out of there. I walk away. Vance throws quite a, a, a big, uh, puts on a big show. And I was a base umpire, so I had to be in right, right field. Well, there, I tried to get towards like center field because he had to walk down the right field line to his clubhouse. And the whole time, he's just, yeah, again, giving me everything. I'm just kind of away taking it. And he, he said, uh, you know, typical, you got to send in job applications because you're not going to cut it out here. Mm -hmm. You're never going to make blah, blah, blah. But uh, I'll never remember how quick that two ejections in like four seconds, uh, very two guys jumping in my face. That was, uh, that was wild in, uh, in Ohio that night. What, what about uh, Bill? What are some uh, one other more, one more. Uh, I, when I was in the golden league in 2010, I was in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, one of the most expensive places on the face of the earth, but the women there were beautiful. <laughs> okay. I will say that. <laughs> Uh, I'm working a game. I'm on the plate. It's getaway night. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series because I guess Maui, <laughs> excuse me, had to fly on Sunday to save money. I don't know what it was. But on the Maui team was a kid, a shortstop named Rex Rundgren. Oh, Rex Rundgren. I didn't put two and two together. Okay. I did not put two and two together. Rex Rundgren was the shortstop. He uh, was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. And after the th third strikeout, I called him out. They're up like 10 to two and the, you know, whatever. And he looks back at me and mutters something. I let it go. And then uh, Corey Snyder, who's their manager, runs down from third and he goes, keep ringing him up. He needs to swing the fucking bat. <laughs> I said, okay. So top of the 10th, they're up 10 to two. Bases are juiced. Three, two pitch, probably three inches off the corner. Strike three. I ring him up. He throws his helmet. Throws his bat, looks at me, and he goes, you're a punk-ass bitch. You've been fucking me on every at-bat. I said, punk-ass bitch? I said, do you realize the last time someone called me that, they went to the fucking hospital? I said, you're done. Get the fuck out of here. And I ran him, and then Snyder comes down and bear hugs him and drags him off the field. So at, when the game's over, I'm in the locker room with uh, one of the Canadian umpires, Jake Gibbons, and Jake says, oh, Bill, you know, uh, that's uh, Rex Rundgren. That's Todd Rundgren's kid, the singer from the United States. I go, Todd Rundgren? Hello, it's me, the 70s uh, icon guy? He goes, oh, yeah, Todd Rundgren. There was a write-up in the paper today. I said, you got to be shitting me. I said, well, oh, well. So in Edmonton, they put you up at a five-star hotel. They were first class. We stayed at the Sutton Place Hotel, five-star hotel, downtown Edmonton. They have a nice little bar in there. And the, the problem is the visiting players stay there too, but none of them are have enough money to go to the bar there. Right. So they get <laughs> six packs of beer and drink in their room. Yeah. So I'm in the bar after the game and I look over and I'll be goddamned if I don't see Todd Rundgren, the singer from now, if for those of you who don't know Todd Rundgren, Google him. He was a major, you know, he's still, he's a great singer from the seventies. Uh, a lot of hits. Um, he had let's two tone hair. Then I looked over, I go, God, damn, that's Todd. I go, I got to say hi to him. I got to go over and say something to him. Man, that, I, I think I lost my virginity to his, some of his music back in the 70s. I need to go say hello. So I walk over. I go, hey, Todd, man, I'm a big fan. I go, what? I go. I just want to say hello and say it's nice to meet you. And, you know, I listened to your music in high school. And I, I go, I really enjoyed it. He goes, high school? He goes, Jesus Christ, you're making me feel old. He goes, nice to meet you. He goes, what brings you to, uh, what brings you to, to uh, Canada? 
I said, well, you know, I'm here for baseball. He goes, oh, are you on the, uh, are you on the Capitals? Which was the Edmonton team. I go, no, no, I'm do something else. He goes, oh, he goes, okay, I know who you are. You're the guy who threw my kid out tonight. I said, yeah, I am. He goes, good. He needs to swing the fucking bat. He goes, good for you. He goes, what are you drinking? And had my drink. We said a few other words and went on my way. Billy Bond. So I got to meet Todd Rundgren by kicking his kid out. That is, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, one of the best ones. The, um, this one actually leads to one of our other questions, but um, I'll say it anyway. I was in Burlington, Iowa, and- I'm sorry. Yeah, not not a any great, city in Iowa not, sucks. Not a great place. Um, I was on the plate. My partner's on the bases. Run around first. Ball hit to deep right field. The right fielder goes up and puts his arm over the wall and like catapults the ball from going out of the ballpark. And so while he brings it back, he lay, he falls on the ground. My partner is saying, you know giving the safe signal going, no, that's uh, the, the ball didn't leave the yard. Well, while he's doing that, the runner on first takes off. Uh, I told you the ball was catapulted back in the air. Well, then the right fielder catches it. <laughs> and my partner is giving the safe signal that uh, the ball didn't leave the yard. So we have a cop ball and they throw the ball back to first base. I think we got together. I go, he caught that ball. He goes, yeah. And then they, they doubled back and got the guy off of first base. So, <laughs> so we, we called the guy, the, we called it a catch. We called the runner out uh, at first and the head, the manager come out and he was arguing with us and like, no, you called it safe. My runner's got to run when you call it safe. He's like, I didn't call it safe. I just was saying, anyway, we eventually broke away. As I walk away, the dugout is losing their mind. Pitching coach, old salty vet. He's screaming. Again, calling me every name in the book. I eject him. He comes sprinting, jumps over the railing, comes out, jumps in my face. He and I are going at it. And I'm thinking, where is my partner? Where is my partner to help me get this guy away? Well, little did I know, my partner had ejected the manager we were previously talking to. So I'm on the third baseline in the face with this pitching coach. My, my partner's out at second base <laughs> going <laughs> nose to nose with the manager. Two separate arguments going on at the same time. And when you only got two guys... That's all you could do. So, uh, yeah, yell security. <laughs> it's about all you can do. Bill, what about your uh, your Bobby? What was his name in Lincoln? That's a funny. Oh, story. Bobby, Bobby Brown. Bobby, yeah. Brown. Bobby Brown. Not the okay. singer. <laughs> okay. No, no, not the singer. No, he, he he was in a bathtub somewhere. Oh no! Come oh, on. Bill, too soon. Bill. Too soon. Oh, Bill. too soon. Sorry. Always going too far. Oh, too deep. Well, anyway, we can't say that. All right. No, uh, anyway. Um. <laughs> no, Bobby Brown. Good guy. Good guy. Uh, San Luis Obispo guy, good dude. Um, it's a hot Sunday afternoon in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's about 95 degrees. It's humid as fuck. It's miserable. He's getting his, he's gotten his ass kicked the first, the first two nights of the series. He's pissed off. He comes out in the second inning and he says, Bill, he goes, I got to tell you, he goes, I've been looking to try to argue with you guys this weekend and I can't, you're the best crew in the, in the, in the league. He goes, uh, he goes, but when I want to go today, you'll know it. I said, okay. And, so, and Mike and I, Jarbo and I, had given you a little grief. Yeah. Because you've he, been about a month in with no ejection. I, I, a month in because I'm eating my shit right. <laughs> I, I haven't had an ejection yet. You know, I, I've been able to handle my shit and, 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 and throw, uh, throw, uh, put the fire out with, with, without water. And you guys are giving me shit that I haven't had an ejection. So I'm thinking, okay, fuck these guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll provoke somebody and we'll, 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 we'll burn the house down. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> 
anyway, uh, so Bobby comes out and tells me that. So the very next inning, his guy throws a pitch that's probably a little down. I probably could have got a strike on it. Nobody would have said anything, but I called it down. He's, he's yelling, where the fuck was that? From the dugout. So I turn and I put my hands out. I go, I go, it's down. He goes, bullshit. And I said, I ripped my mask off. And I said, <laughs> I go, if you want to, I go, if you want to argue, I go, argue like a man, come out of the dugout. So I basically, you know, I knew he wanted to go. So I invited him out. Yeah. He came out of the dugout and starts beacon. So I run him and then he comes out to get his money's worth. And he comes out and he goes, thank you very much. Now I can get in the, in the clubhouse, have some cold beers while you have to stay out here and sweat your ass off. I'm so, he goes, I'm sorry about that bill, but, but uh, that's just the way it is. I said, well, I said, you enjoy yourself, you know, go take a nice cold shower, have a beer and you there better be some for us when we're done. And you're, and you're chest to chest oh, yeah. screaming at each other, right? Bumping, bumping chest oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And he said, you guys are the best, best crew in the league. And, and he, and his parting word was, and one other thing I go, what's that? And he goes, you're the best fucking crew in the league. And I said, you're goddamn right. We are. <laughs> and, and then we, we, we parted ways and, and you guys probably saw through it. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But everybody in the ballpark thought, you know, we were getting ready to go blows with each other. And so I go back and I lean down to the catcher. I go, what'd you think of that performance? He goes, stellar. <laughs> and so Bobby got to go. And after the game, sure as shit, we had our beer and it was nice and cold. And uh, I had, and that was the last time I saw Bobby that season. I saw him in the off season down in Palm Springs and uh, I went down to see a friend who was working in some winter league thing. And Bobby was there. We had a good laugh about it. And, uh, <laughs> and then we also, the next year ejected him in Texas. And it was a trifecta where oh. it was me, Heath Jones, and uh, our little guy from uh, our three guy from, from Tennessee or Alabama, Jake, Jake something. And we all three at the same time, ran him <laughs> and, oh not three ejections but no, three umpires three three at one yeah it was a it was a it was coordinated effort. it was a coordinated effort wow. we all three got him. <laughs> wow yeah wow yeah. choreography mm -hmm. oh those are some great ejection stories and, and i'm sure we'll think of more down the road bill that we can share but we'll, we'll move on to another question here but if something pops up by all means speak up this is kind of related mm -hmm. but i kind of understand the difference here our good friend the trainer Kevin's Carpio up in, Kevin. Yeah. What's going on, man? Up in the, the high desert area. Uh, he says, well, working as a sports official, what has been the most bizarre play oh my you have had to make a call on? I think I know where we're going to start this one. We'll rotate like we just did, but I think this one we were on the field together for. Yes. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yes. Okay. I'm yes. going to go. You start it. You start okay. it. Okay. So, Bill, we, we, it's uh, the year of our Lord, the summer of <laughs> the 2017. And we put a call out to Bill. Hey, Bill, we need a guy to come out and work with Mike Jarbo and me in the American Association. So Bill says, I don't got anything going on. I'll, I'll come out and uh, came out to, to work baseball with us. So his first series is a seven-game seven game, uh, stop in Gary, Indiana. Now, for those of you that haven't been to Gary, Indiana, <laughs> don't. Don't. It is, a, it is the, the, the armpit shithole of the world. The only good thing we did in that city is we went to see where Michael Jackson's house was. That's right. Okay. That's right. And we needed an armed, armed escort to do it because that city is fucking dangerous. Yeah. Okay. We have to, we had to stay in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is about 45 minutes away. Yeah. 
And that place is a dump. That's an armpit. But an upgrade. But an upgrade. <laughs> and the, the, the good thing about Valparaiso is there was a place there that had the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The um, best tri-tips. Le- pork loin. Pork loin. Pork loin sandwich. Oh, to die for. Oh, my Lord. Holy shit. And they were open till 3 a.m. Yeah. That was Indiana law. 3 a.m. Yeah. And they had, it was like every bar in Valparaiso looked like a Star Wars bar. <laughs> they had the they had the freak of freaks. <laughs> inside those places (laughs) there were no there were no it was like the night of the it was like the walking dead okay there were no good-looking americans anywhere in that city (laughs) except the three of us okay but okay back to the story yes quite a picture okay so i'm on the plate it is i'm gonna say bases loaded it's a tie ball game bottom of the ninth inning bottom of the ninth inning uh, we'll, there were no outs, no outs. And was it the bottom? It wasn't the bottom. What it was the top Let's because see. it was St. Paul was up. No, no. I'll tell you why. It was the bottom of the ninth St. Paul against Gary, Indiana. Oh yes. St. Paul is on, Correct. is on, is on defense. So, uh, I'm like, okay, one run and we get out of here. There's a fly ball to center field. No outs. No outs is the, is important here. Uh, bases loaded. So fly ball to center field, the guy catches the ball, runner from third tags, comes home, the throw goes over the catcher's head, uh, runner from third touches home, uh, we're out of here. Runner from first goes to third. Well done. First went to second, and second went to third. No, 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 it was first and third. First and third? First and third, because the runner at first. I thought it was loaded and everyone moved up, but, but <sighs> because I thought there were multiple runners for this reason. Okay. So anyway, so... Gary thinks they've won the game. They run out onto the field. They do their little celebration like players do. They're, they're jumping up and down with the batter who had rounded first and was like in the middle of the field. Now we got all 20 players out there. The St. Paul manager who, uh, George, George, uh, Stamis, famous, George, George Greek. Greek guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was yeah. a really good baseball manager. He's screaming from the dugout, appeal third, appeal third. He left early. And I'm going, okay, we're, they're going to appeal third. They got nothing to lose. So, I was thankful that uh, Mike Jarbo was on the third baseline, so he was he was going to be the one to make the call in this. Situation. The usual mechanic on that, we 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 went a little different. We did went different on that. The usual mechanic would be Mike inside inside in the me infield, at first, and I would have had to make this. Yes, call. but Mike, we 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 juggled things at times. We, yeah, we played the odds in three man mechanics. We said, well, let's try to cover yeah. what's most important here. So Bill was inside. Mike's inside. on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they throw to third. And Mike's standing over there, and Mike calls the guy out. I guess it was clear as day that – I could see it out of the corner of my eye, and my back was to the plate yeah, yeah. that he left early. I will tell you this. It would have been a tough call from the plate because yeah. I saw it. I was like, ooh, maybe early. But mm-hmm. anyway, Mike was right on it, so they call the guy out. So that's out number two. Yes. The only problem is now we got – so the run doesn't the run doesn't score anymore. And what's funny about – we watched the broadcast later – and the famous call bill from the broadcaster, it won't count. <laughs> Meanwhile, it won't count. So we got all 20 guys from the offense in the middle of the field celebrating. We have runners who ran to first and second mm-hmm. from first and second to move up to second and third. Mm-hmm. They have run into the pile of players to mm-hmm. celebrate with their teammates. And now the runner, at the, the, the fielder at third base has a baseball in his hand mm-hmm. and we have two outs and the game's not over. Right. So 
If they were smart, they'd have gone and tagged other people. So we'd had a triple play. Yeah. So they're like, what do we do now? They start throwing the ball around. They throw the, they start, they throw the ball to second base. Then they throw the ball home. They, as this happens, the Gary players, the, the, uh, the offensive team, they scatter back to the dugout and the runners go back to their bases at second and third before a play is made on them. before a play is made. However, the only question of this was the runner at first. Did he tag? Yes. Was, was he, did he have, was his tag up legal? Now that, because we switched the mechanics, you had um, the look. I had, I had both the ball and the look and I'll be goddamned if I know to this day, if he tagged up, <laughs> but I'm sure as hell not going to call a triple play on that. Yeah. Okay. They appealed first. They appealed first. I said safe. You were adamant. You said he tagged. No, he, he tagged. tagged. You're and, God, well, yeah, of course I'm adamant. Yeah, yeah. Because and the runner I had second to be tagged. The runner right. second absolutely Definitely tagged. Definitely tagged. Because you were straight. Right. Straight. Yeah. Now, did the runner first tag? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> All right. To this day, I don't know. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bang a triple play on that. No. 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 Okay. Uh, it was already a, a big deal to call the guy out at yeah. uh, take off the winning run. Right. But the the crazy part was the whole offensive team is on the field celebrating. As this is happening, and so they realize what's going on. The the band is on the field, and they mm-hmm. they run off the field. So then, yeah, the trombone player got smashed for like five minutes. The defensive team they try to appeal like every base. They walk up and tag mm-hmm. guys that are on mm-hmm. the bases. And the question was this: They're like, okay, they tagged up, but isn't them running off the bases to celebrate with the team? Isn't that considered abandonment? Which uh, in theory, I don't know. The other question was what, what, what they didn't use that terminology. What, no, the, what they, they went with was they were out of the baseline. And the play wasn't being made on. Correct. Right. So for those of you out there listening, in order for someone to be ruled out of the baseline, there has to be a tag attempt at that moment. Right. So if a guy had said, hey, I'm trying to tag this guy. Okay, he's out of the baseline. Yeah, because yeah. you create your own baseline. So that's why guys can round first base and run, you know, the big loop you and everything. You create your own baseline. Absolutely. So these guys had run off the bases to celebrate with their team in the middle of the field mm-hmm. and then ran back to their bases. And then now they're trying to get tagged. Well, it's too late now. And apparently everyone had tagged up. So uh, what, of course, happens? They can't get the run in. I think we went 12 innings after that. And, and then St. Paul, Paul won. St. Paul won the game. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Kevin, you asked for a crazy, bizarre play. That's definitely one. And we're thinking to ourselves, okay, there's nothing in the rule book about the the offensive team being on the field celebrating. No. <laughs> so no, they, they, they think they've won. We're like, what do we do here? So I thought we did that play justice about the as good as we could. Absolutely. And Bill, that was one week in to you being with us. And you're like, what am I doing here? What yeah, am- I thought, okay. World Wrestling Federation baseball, <laughs> and at the time, I mean, you had worked, you had umpired baseball thirty something years, and you'd never seen, never anything. saw that play. So, never saw that play. As luck would have it, we go into St. Paul the next series, and the broadcaster, it won't count. He comes in and he's talking to us about the play. He's like, "Explain it all to me, so I can talk about it." And we kind of went through all these things with him, and he and he tried to one up us a little bit. He goes, "Yeah, in all my years of twenty years of broadcasting, I've never seen anything like that." Well, and let's take that. Let's take St. Paul. A little further on that, okay? I think it was that night or maybe the next night uh, they were playing Sioux Falls, that series in St. Paul, where you'd have a full house every night. St. Paul is a great baseball city. Oh, man. Okay. Now, there was a play in that in that series. I think it was a Saturday night. Jarbo was on the plate. You're at first. I'm at third. And ball hit down the right field line. Foul. Catch is made. Tag up. 
play at the plate. Runner from St. Paul does a outstanding swim move at the plate. Jarbo calls him safe, gets the call right. Seuss the ball beat him. The ball beat, the ball beat him. He should have been out. He should have been out. You know, out, out forever. Yes. And, and one of the greatest little swim dives. Great yeah. swim move. Mike calls him safe. The house burns down. Uh, catcher goes nuts. Manager uh, comes out. Manager comes nuts. out, goes nuts. And no ejections. Mike, you know, is able to, to, to you know, put the fire out. So we're at, the at a bar, a very crowded bar after the game. And we're trying to find the play like, we online. See, we we want to see this play again. Let's see if he let's got see it this right. Play again. You know? Mike, let's see if he got it right. And we're looking, looking, looking. And I look up. I happen to look up on the screen of the TV in this bar. ESPN's on. And they're doing their top 10 plays of the night. Well, guess what number one is? <laughs> guess what number one is? I go, Mike, there's your play. It's the number one play on ESPN. He looked up. His jaw dropped. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of this. He looked like a deer in the headlights and he's like mouth breathing, watching this thing. And they showed it three or four times and we got it right. Yeah. And right then all of our phones start lighting up boom, from boom, people boom. all over the country saying, Hey, we saw you guys. Well, I thought it was great work by the first base umpire to get down the line and see that catch. And I thought it was great work by the third base umpire to stand in the middle of the field with his thumb up his ass and be a spectator. Cause that's what I did. That's right. That's right. Uh, our, our residual checks have yet to come in for yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, no, an, an absolutely awesome call by Mike Diarbo that night. Yeah. And we looked up and it was, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. We were on ESPN. We're like, we're number one, baby. We're number one. Hey, hey Mike. Hey, yeah. thanks for, thanks for bringing us along. Yeah. And then Mike was probably number one the next year on a few, few things that we won't get into right now. Yeah. Yeah. Those <laughs> one day, you know, one, in, up, yeah, one involved a trash can, the other involved a base being yeah, thrown. We might have to, uh. <laughs> Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, dissect that at another time. Maybe maybe bring Mike along to even chat yeah. about it. But uh, crazy stuff in baseball, as as you can see. But a couple of crazy plays. First of all, anytime you work professional baseball, because it's so much baseball, you're going to run into weird things. And, man, Bill, working the American Association for two years, we, we saw plenty of plays. And uh, we I'll say this, Kevin, this is going to be a rich subject because we do have quite a few more stories to tell. We could do a whole show. Uh, yeah, and, and we might. We might, but we must take a break, and then we'll jump right back into it to have some more uh, weird stories and bizarre plays for you after this. I don't know what it is about St. Paul, but for some reason, a lot of my weird, crazy plays have happened there. Um, but anyway, I, there's one more I got for you, Bill. I don't know if you remember this. It, this was with Mike again, but not with you. Runner, let's see, ninth inning. One run game, visiting teams losing. Runner on first, no outs. There's a fly ball to right. Mike goes out. The, the right fielder kind of turns his back to everybody. And it goes, hits his glove. It, it, I don't see it hit the ground, but it pops up in the air. It like bounces. It looked like it bounced, like it hit his, I don't know, hit something and popped up. Well, Mike's out there calling it a catch. The runner from first had gone back to first. He runs to second base kind of half speed because the ball comes in from right field to second base, well ahead of the runner. So the runner on second is or fielder on second is holding the ball while the runner from first comes jogging in slowly. We have a catch in right field, so we don't have a force at second. But the shortstop standing on the base, the runner from first touches second base, thinking he's out on a force, and then immediately jogs towards his third base dugout. 
There was no tag made. And I'm thinking, um, if, if, he, if please don't touch third and stand there. He goes all the way to the dugout. I go, okay, he's in the dugout. So we have a runner on first. It was a flyout, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Mike had called it a catch. So the mm-hmm. batter is standing on first base. And before pitch is thrown, I go, we got to fix this. I go, Mike, you called that a catch, right? He goes, yeah. I go, well, this is the batter standing on first base. He goes, oh, yeah, well, he's out. I go, we have a problem. <laughs> they run it from first. And everyone here in the stadium thinks it was not a catch. Was it a catch? I don't think it was. Okay. Where We saw you- the film later. Again, I saw something pop up. I never saw it hit the ground. But apparently, anyway, so we call. He called it a catch. We got together. I said, here's the deal. The runner from first, he ran to second. He touched second. He was never tagged. Mm-hmm. He then ran to his dugout. So he's out for abandonment. He, Mike Jeez. goes, yeah. And in hindsight, could we have just switched it to a no catch and treated it as a no catch? Everyone in the stadium probably, probably knew. Yeah. So anyway. Who was your third guy? Jesse Segura. You know, Jesse. Okay, Jesse. Sure. Jesse. Yeah. yeah. Jesse. The young guy. What did Jesse have? Uh, he couldn't tell. He's on yeah, the plate. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's far away. All right. So uh we go okay and and the manager from winnipeg great guy uh rick he said we got really bad news for you um your batter your your batter's out for the catch mm-hmm. okay so the runner is back on first i'm gonna know uh, no he's out because he abandoned his effort. so you got a double play so we have two outs <laughs> <laughs> and no one on the base and rick didn't lose his shit with that uh he went pretty wild he was like Mike, Matt, you guys can't do this. You can't do this. Everyone knows it wasn't a catch. You've got to get this right. Um, so we we stuck with it because we had a catch. And we're like, there wasn't any information to overturn it. So we had two outs. The, the baseball gods, they just know. I told you it was a one-run game, right? Yes. Very next pitch is a home run that ties the game. Would have given them the lead. Tom Vaith, the first base coach, loses his mind on Mike. I think Mike throws him that's out. To, that's, that's, that's Tom. Tom, great guy. I love Tom. He's a great dude. Good. To, <laughs> yeah. He'd be fun to hang with. Good guy. Good baseball guy. Tom, I think, is schizophrenic. Okay? <laughs> Tom could lose his shit. And I, I've got to – my last story will be a vase oh, story. Okay, cool. So Tom yeah. loses his mind. I think Mike throws him before the ball even lands. And this is a no-doubt. Right off the bat, as soon as the ball's hit, everyone in the Winnipeg dugout starts screaming because – they would have had the lead now, right, with a home run. So I, I'm running to second base. I hear the commotion. Jesse has thrown out, I think, one or two guys from Winnipeg. So I, the guy's touching the bases. I run back to the plate, get guys away from Jesse. Mike's going at it with Tom Bates at first base. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, that was not a fun moment. That then. sounded like a real shit sandwich. Oh, my goodness. And we were just like, this is an awful feeling. Yeah. Awful feeling. Anyway. Well, okay. Um, my last one, and then we'll like, probably we could go on all day. I know. Uh, okay. First inning, we're in Fargo, North Dakota. It's Winnipeg and Fargo. And Hank the Crank Lamone is our replacement. <laughs> Hank the Crank's working the plate. He's a Canadian umpire. He's been on the show. Good. Hank, nice man. Yeah. Great curler. He's a curler. Okay. <laughs> Curling, baby. Yeah. Hank's working the plate. Doing an okay job. Um, one of the Winnipeg players gets a strike called on him. He didn't like the call. And uh, uh, the manager for Winnipeg, uh, Rick, Rick, Rick does not like that call either. 
He comes down, he leaves the coaching box, walks down the third baseline and says to Hank, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? So Hank, Hank runs him. And now it's on. It is on. So he goes down and gets, gets Rick, takes him off the field. And this is like the second inning, first or second inning. Well, Fargo goes up by maybe five runs and it's in the eighth inning. And now, um, Fargo is up. I mean, five runs in the eighth. I mean, yeah, it's right on the board. Tweener. Yeah. Their guy steals the base. Yeah, probably not good. Okay. And Tom loses his shit in the, he's now the acting manager. He loses his shit in the first base dugout. So they throw at the next guy and we issue warnings, blah, blah, blah. Song and dance. Yeah. And then when they go out to offense, Tom's now coaching third and he starts John into the, into the uh, Fargo dugout and he is John and then they retaliate. And now it's on <laughs> bench is empty. <laughs> Vaith has a player on the ground in a headlock oh. as a coach. And I'm, I'm the last one to the party. Cause I'm coaching. I'm umpiring first base. So I get over there and I'm just looking, I'm trying to see who's throwing punches to see who we're going to eject. I see Heath six foot five, 300 and some odd pounds of Heath Jones in the middle of this. And he's getting, he's getting, he's, you know, as big as he is, he's trying to pull people off and he's getting squashed. So I go, oh shit. So now I got to go in and I got to get Heath out of there. And I go and I grab his belt buckle with both hands and I pull him out somehow. <laughs> I go, what the fuck are you doing? Let these fuckers fight. And they were, and they were going at it and, and, when it was all said and done, we kicked out about five or six guys. Vaith got kicked out. So there's only two coaches on that team. And now they got a, like, their bullpen catcher is running the team now. Yeah. And Vaith goes, and he's pissed. He's a, he's a rabid dog. He wants to kick the whole team's ass. <laughs> and it took all three of us to grab him and get him off the field. And so he gets, he gets, like a, he gets suspended the rest of that series. Right. And uh, so as luck would have it, we have them, we go to Winnipeg right after that. And now I'm working first base and Tom walks up to me and I, I was the one who wrote the report on it. Yeah. Why? I don't know why I did. I don't know. I think because Hank, I don't know. I wrote the report. Doesn't matter. So Vaith comes up to me and he goes, Bill, he goes, why did I get suspended? I said, Tommy, you were a lunatic. You were out of control. You were like a rabid dog. He goes, so what? <laughs> I go, so what? I go, I wrote it the way I saw it. I go, you were, you were, you were a madman. He goes, well, that's bullshit. They're running five runs up. I go, Tom, I go, that's right on the edge, man. I go, you can't go over there and want to kick the whole dugout's ass. Okay. And not expect them to come out and, and, and Something. do what they did. I go, that's the way it, he goes, well, that took money out of my pocket. Well, you should have thought about that. I said, well, you I'll know? buy you a beer after the game, yeah. Tom. Make you feel better. How's that? <laughs> there you go. You know? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, that, that was, we had, we, that year that I, in 18, I mean, we had some bench clears that were pretty good. Oh, and it yeah. was always Fargo. Yeah. They were always those Those things. rat bastards would always want to want to fight. Mm -hmm. You know? And I remember one of their players taking a bat to the mound and I grabbed it, <laughs> disarmed him, and then you know, the fight was on. 
But no, it was. Uh, if we learned anything from 2018, that season, it's that Fargo uh, was absolutely out of control, and we'll go into more of that. Out of control. More of that. Later, out of control. I'm sure. Bill, this is fun, man. Uh, going down memory lane with war stories. Uh, we will continue this. I think uh, we can have a whole show on this. We might. We might do that. We can have our top ten. Yeah, top ten. It take three hours to talk about. <laughs> we'll do a Joe Rogan podcast, four-hour episode. Yeah. Why not? Uh, you told me before the show you had some breaking news about a college baseball coach. Legendary coach uh, George Horton. Uh, George. Chelsea George Ford. got a job. George George landed a new he job. He landed a new job. Okay. He landed a new job. You heard it here first, guys. Yeah. As you know, I, I am uh, friends with uh, his daughter. Uh, and uh, I saw some <laughs> Facebook photos that she had posted. And George is now coaching his grandson's five-year-old t-ball team. Oh, outstanding. Over in Yorba Linda. Wow. And I, I wish George the best. Man, he's, he's won a College World Series at Cal State Fullerton. He's he started up the Oregon program up there and led them to a regional uh -huh. or two. I and mean, I'm and I'm not making light of this at all. No, it's got time. It's it's great. I it's mean, a, Grandpa should be coaching. Yeah, I mean, as soon as my granddaughter's old enough to play softball, uh, I would love to coach her. But I don't know if 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 you know I'll be you know in good enough shape then. My back and my <laughs> knees. Who knows? Maybe I'll do it from a wheelchair. We'll see. Whatever. No, that's great. I. I Kudos to George, man. Oh, man. Yeah, he's had a great career, and yeah. uh, this is what it's about, enjoying, yeah, enjoying his, his daughter, Michelle, and and uh, they're out there. They post pictures, and uh, they've got a very athletic family. I think her daughter plays fast-pitch softball, and uh, the little guy is um, playing uh, baseball. And there was a picture they posted of him trying to avoid a tag between first and second, and he was out of the baseline. But the problem is the kid <laughs> – who was trying to tag him, didn't have the ball. <laughs> so I wrote, hey, I hope George argued obstruction on that. <laughs> get out there, George. Get yeah, up, get, get up. out there. Get those up so by anyway, me. no, that's that's great. I, I, I wish, you know, that's 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 great. Oh, Good break, for them. Breaking news, absolutely. Yeah. And, and George graciously last year filled in as an assistant coach at Orange, <laughs> Orange Coast College down in Costa Mesa after um, the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash that uh, – Killed also John Aptabelli and his daughter, the head coach. And his wife also. Yeah, and his yeah. wife. Uh, so Tragic situation. Yeah, I can't believe that's, that's been a year. It's been a year. Uh, some big news over the uh, week. Well, it was Monday, I think. No, Sunday. Um, Drew Brees, Bill, finally retired. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. I think he was, he was done. He's at the, you know, end of the end of the line. There was speculation on him maybe returning. What do you make of Drew Brees in his legendary career? Great passer. Great, great quarterback. Um, why the Chargers let him go is beyond me. Wow, yeah. you know that's one of the biggest boneheaded moves that they made, and they made, they've made plenty. Mm -hmm. That's probably right at the top. Um, you know they they invested in Philip Rivers, who we all know is a psychopath. <laughs> you know, and he retired earlier this year, which is great. <laughs> Hall of Fame, absolutely not. Drew Brees, absolutely. Yeah, I think Drew Brees, first of all, for the undersized quarterback and and all of the records he set. Uh, just a tremendous competitor. What I think of him is is a leader, and what he has done for the city of New Orleans over the years, I, I think is just really speaks volumes to him and his character. I was a little upset at him for apologizing for his national anthem stance, but we won't yeah, well, we won't get know, into that. Politics um, is a is a is an ugly, ugly, ugly situation. Yes, it is. Uh, congrats to Drew Brees on a, a, a great career, and he probably has a future in broadcasting. Um, yeah, Super Bowl winner and definitely a Hall of Famer in my. I wonder mind. if the, when when he goes into the studio, uh, I wonder if they have a makeup artist that can that can uh, cover up that birthmark he has. 
come on, that's uh that's his trademark. Yeah, trademark. All right. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And then I liked Drew Brees when he was in college, uh, wearing number 15, like mm-hmm. like myself. Uh, okay. Back to baseball, Bill. Where do I start here? <laughs> the, maybe well, I'll start. Go ahead. Rob Manfred's ruining baseball. Well, that's... Rob Manfred is destroying minor league baseball. Yes. I'll just put it out there bluntly. Yeah. He is the uh, Joe Biden of... <laughs> Major League Baseball. Okay. <laughs> Joe Biden's fucking up this country. Uh, uh, Rob Manfred's fucking up college, uh, minor league baseball. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, now that it's under their domain. Yeah. They've taken over and, uh, you know, it's like more government involvement is a bad thing, much like Major League Baseball being more involved in minor league baseball. They've already taken away a bunch of uh, cities and teams. They, they don't have leagues anymore. Now it's high A West, high A East. Uh, stuff like that, but they've gone with these experimental rule changes. They're going to try in the minor leagues to see if if the game in Major League Baseball can use them. I I, I don't like change, Bill. I I think baseball is what it is. You can't you can't overcorrect things that don't need to be fixed. So here are some of the experimental rules, and they're they're going into each different level. Um, so they can see what they can do with it. First of all, in AAA, larger bases from 15 to 18 square inches. Um, (laughs) They did this in the Atlantic League, which is independent ball, but it's to get, I guess, in theory, more safety, less collisions, and obviously for more more guys to be safe. More offense, I guess. But this is stupid to me. What are we doing? Bigger bases? Where is it at? I, I don't understand that. There, that'll be at the AAA level. Make, make If you're going to make anything bigger, make the fucking plate bigger. <laughs> yeah. How come that, that's a base. How okay. come that wasn't made Let's bigger? make the plate bigger. I agree. I absolutely agree. This is one. Okay. This is in AA. Uh, defensive position restrictions. Basically eliminating the shift. I, I saw that coming. Yeah. I think that will that will bleed into the major leagues at I, some point. I think it will. I think it's and, stupid. Well, you want to put nine guys on one side of the field? You know, force that hitter to to spray it the other way. Yeah, you know that's strategy. Why are we Why are we punishing like strategy and scheming? That's like outlong the bunt or well, stealing yeah, stolen exactly. base. Like, exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's non baseball people making baseball decisions. Oh, you got that right. Just like college baseball. Oh, every college baseball. Mm-hmm. Non baseball people making baseball decisions. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, okay, this one I see a real problem in. Uh, no, no, that's the next one. But this one too, this is in high A. A step-off rule requires a pitcher to disengage prior to throwing to a base. So now now to pick someone off, you have to step off. You can't do a spin move. Uh, you the lefty can't, can't just do his no. little – so you got to step off. That's bullshit. What are we doing? That, that is completely changing the game of baseball in my opinion. Absolutely. Not in a good way. You're taking a good left-hander's move, making it null and void. You must step up, disengage the rubber. I mean, that's just so stupid. That is bullshit. I mean, come on. Abner's, Abner, Abner Doubleday. Abner, he's <laughs> rolling over in his grave, man. This is ridiculous. Okay, this one I have a real issue with, um, even though in theory some people will like it. It's in low A. A pitcher, they, they limit a pitcher's uh, step and pickoffs to two per plate appearance. After the third pickoff attempt during the same plate appearance that does not retire a runner, it will result in a balk. Okay, so you're telling me that I'm I'm at first base. I'm leading off. And I'm hitting. You, you, no, no, you're pitching. Okay. I, I, you're the pitcher. You try to pick me off twice. While the batter, same batter's at the bat. Yeah. yeah. Now I know you can't come over here again. So now 
I can steal. They, I, can, I can get a 40-foot lead and steal, right? The, the addendum is if a third if a third pickoff attempt that does not retire the runner. So you can get your big league, but if I pick you off on that third attempt, it's okay. But if I don't pick you off, so I would just stand there. No, no, then you'd be out. So you can get the bigger lead knowing you're probably not going to get picked off and he can't risk a pickoff. Right. There. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and also, now that's one more thing umpires have to keep track of. What, what do you pull out a pen and paper and write a write a check down? Hey, that's one. That's two. Now, new batter, you get two more attempts. This is stupid to me. This is over analyzing the game of baseball. Like uh, like Marv Levy said to the one official, you over officious jerk. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Great that's what Manfred's doing. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and and some people will be like, well, it's boring watching watching pickoff throws to first base, uh, but it's the game within the game. If you don't like it, don't watch baseball. Go watch something else that's more exciting. Yeah, go watch golf. Yeah, WWE, whatever. Yeah, go watch tennis. Stop it. You, know, you go, don't go, go check into a lacrosse game. Whatever. I mean, just yeah, limiting pickoff attempts. This is that that's like a college baseball move. Yeah, they're they're yeah. If I've ever exactly. heard one, exactly. Okay, um, and then and then the big one in low A southeast. Uh, they're implementing an automatic automated ball and strike system, the ABS as they call it. So let me ask, let me say this. You're going to put the automated ball strike system in low A, which is probably the least capable level to bring in this, this stuff. Triple A and double A, they have once again, better you're, you're missing the point, Matt. You've got non-baseball people making baseball decisions. It's it's really really ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And and here's here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy, Bill. MLB made the announcement, and it announced that it implemented these new rules. Quote, consistent with the preference of our fans. End of quote. So the fans are making decisions now, Rob. He's no. Why do you think Joe Torre and him had a falling out? Oh. Because Joe Torre's a baseball guy. He saw this coming, and he said, "Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck me. I'm done." Changing the game of baseball. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, if, if you want to play with the slide rule, you want to play around with stuff like that, fine. But but don't quit taking the foundation of the game. Right. Absolutely. I mean, bigger bases? Yeah. What is this? Uh, George Horton's grandson's team? Like, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? Okay. If you, after after five pitches, you put it on a tee? <laughs> Come on. Where's it we, end? What are we doing? Where does it end, Bill? What are we doing? I don't mind. George, no wonder George is coaching T-ball now. Yeah. He sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He knows where where the future is. God bless him. Absolutely. Oh man, that's that's. Just... I offered George. I said George. I talked to George a couple months ago. I said George, if let's let's put in for a put in for a head job somewhere. I'll be your director of baseball operations. Oh yeah. I said I'll come. Be, I'll be your your your. I'll I'll book the flights for you. I'll get the bus. I'll make sure that we got balls at practice and we got nets up and all that stuff. And he goes, Bill, I'd love to work with you, but I think I'm retired. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this happened, Bill, in spring training as games are going on in Arizona and Florida. This was in Arizona, San Francisco Giants against the Cleveland Indians. It was the top of the ninth inning. The home team is winning. Three outs, game over. The home team won the game. Uh, the home team was the Giants here. And game over. Everyone leaves, right? Well, they wanted to play the top of the ninth. And you and I have been in these situations before. Yeah, it's, it's Travel ball bullshit. Yeah, hey, hey, let's play. No, we're going to play the top of the, the bottom of the ninth. Why? And they always, well, just get some work in. Get some work in. You got a month and a half of spring training. What do you need? These these three outs are going to matter for you? So the crew chief, Doug Eddings, alongside Rob Drake, Lance Barrett, and John Lipka, who were on the crew, mm -hmm. they said, uh, we're leaving. 
and okay. manager and everyone was like, wait, you can't leave. We're going to play the three outs. And the umpires, they, they left. So the bottom of the ninth, the meaningless bottom of the ninth was played without umpires. There's no video of this, but uh, there, there was a broadcast, John Miller, the, the Giants radio broadcaster kind of ran through it and everything. There was even, and it, the stupid things that were happening, Bill, guys were, guys were walking on ball five, like ball four rolled in and they were like, no, we're going to stay up here and hit. And so then ball five came in. They're like, okay, finally you go to first base. Stuff like that was happening. This will really piss you off. There was a few, I think there was a few runs scored and they brought in another pitcher instead of just getting this pitcher some work. No, no, no. Bring in another pitcher. But anyway, Hey, it's on their time. Have you, yeah. Have you ever been involved in this where, uh, any sport where oh, teams yeah. are like, Hey, can yeah, you especially stay early, early scrimmages yeah. in, in, uh, in college baseball. Hey, we're going to play, we're going to play 13 innings. Really? Yeah. Well, we're contracted for nine. Yeah. Well, can you stay? No, no. We're here for nine. We'll give you nine innings. And we're out of here. What do you, what do you, oh, we'll pay you. We'll, 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 I'll pay you out of my pocket to stay. No. What, what do you need 13 innings of a scrimmage for? You can't you want to play. If you want to play until the lights burn out, play. Okay, I don't give a shit what you do, but we're done after nine, unless it's tied, and we'll give you we'll we'll play to the you know regulation and whatever. But I mean, we're, we're cheapening the game. Well, yeah, and and you don't need to play more. Like now, I guarantee you, Edding's probably got a talking to. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Major League Baseball probably did not like that that mm-hmm. their umpires left when all they had to do was stay for three more outs. But it brings up and 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 Rob Drake, bless his heart, you know he he needs to stay out of trouble. Barrett and the other kid, you know, they're along for the ride. But, you know, Doug, good for Doug. Doug, now, I'll never say anything bad about Doug because when I was down in uh, in uh, uh, New Mexico in Las Cruces doing a New Mexico State game, one of his buddies came out with Doug's credit card and took us out one night, and we had a pretty good time. <laughs> so Doug is a good man. Good guy. Good, good guy. Great guy. guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just found it funny because I've run into that before. Hey, can you stay? And, and, and it's like, no, because it's all about liability. What if the plate umpire takes a, a foul ball to the throat? And it's like, well, this game should have been, you know, some lawyer is going to be like, no, he doesn't get coverage because, you know, you can laugh about it, say, oh, that won't happen. But it happens every year. First base umpire pulls a hamstring. God forbid a fight breaks out during the game. Like. Yeah, when the game should have been over. It should have been over. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, we are in this 2020-21 world. Now, where- I have seen uh, spring training games this year where they go a complete seven. Even if the home team yeah. is ahead, they're going to bat in the seventh yeah. just for the hell of it, and guys have stayed. But that's seven innings. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's seven full. No doubt. No so, doubt. again, I, it depends what side of the fence you're on it, on that. And, and tell the umpire, if, if you're a coach out there, tell the officials beforehand what they're getting yeah. into and, and, you know, make it known. So or, that- or there's the other way to skin the cat is, okay, every pitch the guy throws is a strike. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the times that we've been asked to stay. We're going we're gonna to be here for nine pitches. Okay? <laughs> exactly. You get nine pitches. Exactly. If it's do, close. do the best you can with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um Man alive. I saw that. And I was like, I would have talked to Bill about that. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of things we could uh, get into. I have uh, Bill, you posted something on your Facebook. I did. Uh, you did. Not me. You I don't did. post. Uh, it was uh, from the LA police. Protective oh, yes, Wave. yes, um, yes, yes. Shootings in LA are up mm-hmm. 142% murders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was called 47, 47 hours, 47 hours. There yeah. was like all hell broke loose 
In 47 hours, there was what? I don't know. Uh, just 18 people shot, four of them murdered. Yes. The youngest was a 19-year-old. Yes, yes. Los Angeles, because of the lack of, of uh, leadership at every level in that city, the city council, the mayor especially, the DA, who is all about criminal rights, and the police chief, who's ballless, okay? Uh, it's out of control, and the crooks know it. Shootings in LA are up 142%, and murders yes. are up 100%, yes. according to your book. Yes, yes. That's yes. scary. Yes, it is. You Okay, when I went to Mexico, people said, oh, be careful, it's dangerous down there. Oh, I said, it's safer in LA. <laughs> Yeah, LA's a LA's a war zone, man. It is out of control. I was yesterday. I was down at the airport doing some work. I'm driving down Aviation Boulevard, and I couldn't believe my eyes. I saw a pack of about forty bikers on motorcycles, um, um, off-road motorcycles, ATVs, no helmets, driving like lunatics. Uh, it was it was a flash mob of 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 motorcycles by the airport. Wow! And I'm thinking, what in the fuck's going on? And I'm thinking, well, build, get on, get you know, call it in, call nine one one. I said, why? No one's <laughs> going to do anything. Why? True. Why? And one guy was coming down the center. He was trying to catch up with a pack, and he was coming down the uh, the suicide lane there, the turning lane. <laughs> and of course, I had to be the smart ass and swerve towards him, hoping that he would fall on his ass. <laughs> But, you know, he avoided me. What know, was it? It was a quasi attempt uh, with a, uh, assault with a deadly weapon on my part. <laughs> I don't know. It was just some flash mob. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I said, what are we doing here? Yeah. Unbelievable. The, you know, the, the, huh, we've, the, the, the inmates have taken over the asylum. Yeah. Well, long ago. It's Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Lala, uh, Tinseltown. This yeah. Is, come on. And then I'm, I'm before that, while I'm at the, at the cargo place there, I see a guy in the parking lot, take his pants down and defecate oh. in the bushes. He so, defecated in the bushes. He'll get a vaccine though. Uh, he probably already had one. Yeah. He's probably had both of his. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And I said, this is crazy. And it's thanks to you, Mayor Garcetti, the strong, leader that you are oh, los angeles is uh is ridiculous it is and they're gonna host the olympics in seven years yeah <laughs> that'll be a joke i don't know about that the people that come out here thinking la is this like land of opportunity and this amazing place and no 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 that that ship has sailed uh, <laughs> long 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 since the homelessness the 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 strife the 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 just the crooks everywhere the lawlessness yeah it's it's out of control mm-hmm Nope. I go there when I go to Los Angeles. I am heavily armed, <laughs> okay, and I'm prepared. And I'm prepared to defend myself. Yeah, you have to. Absolutely. Yeah. City of Angels, not yeah. so much. Well, Bill, uh, you want to keep going? Are you? Are you? Yeah, I think we're done. Are we? I think we're done. Yeah. I mean, my God, man. We I mean, hit, hit uh, I think stories. our listeners' ears are probably bleeding by now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, let's give them. A, let's give them a chance to catch their breath, and 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 you know, we'll uh, we'll pony back up next week and, and start off where we left off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll keep going. And thank you so much to listeners for the questions. Uh, keep them coming, man. It, it's great. You, you, you basically, uh, the questions probably uh, took up 75% of our show tonight, which is great today, whatever it is. And uh, I love it. Keep yeah. them coming. Even, oh, man. Even, yeah. Gets, uh, gets the, the blood flowing and all that good stuff. So, Bill, uh, great 
answers to the questions as always. And uh, looking forward to next week already. As am I. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be I can't back. Wait to, I can't wait till next week. Yeah. Get those questions in, guys, but preferably by Sunday night. Uh, yes. Yeah. In case Bill and I have to record early. Yes. So, Bill, it's been fun. We'll yes. do it again next week, man. So long. Around the Bases with Bill Barnes. What a great way to get us over the hump in the middle of the week on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Thanks so much, Bill, as we uh, celebrate St. Patrick's Day today, but also celebrate the upcoming March Madness this weekend. So, Bill, thank you so much for the baseball stories. Uh, I think that's getting a lot of people ready for the baseball season as well. Major League Baseball is in spring training. College baseball is a few weeks in now. Neither you nor I are umpiring anymore, but uh, it's still fun to talk about some of the memories, much like John Lee and Brian Earls and Nick Gonzalez and Will Tariq. All these guys have sent in some of their favorite sports memories from over the years. So that's why we love sports. That's why we talk sports. And it's such a big part of our life because it, it does create so many memories. So Bill Barnes, there will be plenty to talk about next Wednesday. Already looking forward to that. And guys, if you have more questions for Bill, please send those in. I can't tell you how much he enjoys it. I enjoy it. He really makes... Uh, uh, makes for the show and really shakes things up. So it can be about anything. doesn't have to be sports related. Brian Earls, kudos to you on the breakup question for Bill Barnes. That that was a good, good topic. So anyway, uh, thanks guys, or thanks Bill Barnes for joining us and looking forward to next week. Well, guys, that is it for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. However, there's still some information to be talked about. As I mentioned in the intro, Real Hondo Prep and Pasadena Poly are playing at three o'clock on Friday at the Rose Bowl. Be sure to tune into that rhprep.org to check out the game, to see it live. And I think you can watch it later on an archive. I'm not positive, but there is a donate button there. If you can donate anything, guys, please give to these uh, two programs, specifically Real Hondo Prep, my alma mater, who definitely can uh, use some funding to help uh, with this process of playing in the Rose Bowl and with the entire broadcast and everything. So the Real Hondo Prep team only playing three games this year. Uh, that's uh, kind of sad, but it is what it is. Uh, it is nice, though, that Real Hondo Prep will help a football season uh, under its belt, at least for those seniors out there to play a couple of games. So uh, this is game number two of the young season, and it's going to be over before they know it. So be sure to tune in and um, donate if you can. I think if you're not affiliated with Real Hondo Prep, you'll still enjoy seeing two small schools uh very well coached football teams playing in the legendary Rose Bowl on Friday, the granddaddy of them all. So tune in. It's uh, high school football. It's good football. And uh, I will be cheering for my alma mater, Real Hondo Prep. They need to even up that series with Pauly. Pauly has a one game lead on the overall series. So uh, enough of that business. It's time to, to tie it, tie up the series and then hopefully take the lead in uh, years going forward. Anyway, other news. I talked to you about Deshaun Burns being on the program Friday. Be sure to tune in for that. You guys will love it. A great football-filled conversation. So many uh, memories and stories and uh, talking about so many great names uh, like Mike Singletary, Bruce Smith, uh, tons of football players and coaches that Deshaun Burns has come across and worked with. And don't forget, he coached Landon Goodwell in college, our good friend, our uh, loyal listener of the program real hondo prep alum from the class of 2005 so lots to chat about it's a long fun conversation and i hope you guys will join us on friday or whenever you can i know the we got the game friday right with rio and the podcast of course comes out friday morning so 
If you got to put off the podcast until the weekend, by all means, uh, would much rather have you tuning into that Real Hondo prep game if you should uh, so so get a chance. March Madness over the weekend. It starts on Thursday with the first four, uh, starting at two o'clock our time out here on the West Coast. You got Texas Southern against Mount St. Mary's, followed up by Drake and Wichita State. Appalachian State and Norfolk State, and then the big game of the night, I will say, UCLA and Michigan State tipping off at just before 7 o'clock Pacific time. Both of them an 11 seed, so kind of weird to see those very historical programs uh, as 11 seeds playing a play-in game, but I think it should make for some exciting basketball. Keep in mind the tournament this year is starting on Friday and Saturday instead of Thursday, Friday like normal. So the play-in games, the four first four are on Thursday, then the dance gets going on Friday and Saturday, followed up by Sunday and Monday. So a big five days ahead of, of college basketball, we'll say. We also got Real Hondo Prep on Friday. Uh, there's just so many great things to be watching. There's also, you know, of course, boxing and MMA over the weekend as always. But I think this weekend is the biggest college basketball weekend of the year. And it's a, it's a weekend where I think even those who never watch college basketball, they tune in. They tune in for the drama, the buzzer beaters, the upsets. I, I just can't wait. I'm going to do my best to watch some of the games in the early morning. It, the tip-offs get going, I think, at 9 a.m. So uh, I might get into work uh, r- right at uh, right at work time and, and try to watch uh, as many games as I can. It's going to be a great couple days, Friday and Saturday, and also Sunday and Monday. Guys, Coach Burns on Friday, as well as the Real Hondo Prep game and March Madness. Lots of great things ahead and just can't wait for more episodes uh, upcoming next week following. We already have a Friday guest lined up, but if you're out there listening and you're curious about coming on the program, by all means, reach out to me and uh, we'll see what we can do. Always looking to interview uh, great people out there. So, guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We appreciate you sending emails in. That's the best way for us to keep track of everything. So, if you could send us an email, give us questions, content suggestions, topics, whatever you want to do, or just say hello. It's nice to hear from people from all around the country and even the world. we got some uh, international listeners out there as well. Uh, if you can, give us a like, give us a follow on those social media platforms. And I do appreciate the people that have retweeted some of the um, episodes that we've sent out uh, on Twitter and, and Facebook. Those of you who share the episodes, that's very helpful in kind of helping promote the show. So I appreciate guys like uh, Robert Bray out there who, who retweeted a few things. Um, of course, Mark Carson and, and a few other people out there that I'm sure I'm forgetting. But anyway, appreciate all the support. And, and when I see those little things happen, I know people are, are listening or tuning in. And uh, just, again, a blessing every week to do this podcast. Okay, today was a lot of fun. Great show. Nice little intro there with uh, the Ty Sedi buzzer beater. That was cool to do. I might do that again with another thing. Bill Barnes was on point today. Great topics. Thank you for sending in those topics and questions, guys, from the listeners. You know, hey, you guys help drive the show. So keep those questions uh, and and content suggestions coming. We absolutely love it. Guys, have a great St. Patrick's Day. Be safe out there, will you? For those of you who are going to be out and about celebrating, we'll say the Irish way, uh, (laughs) please be safe. Take Ubers, whatever you got to do. It's all about getting home safe, right? Get home safe. Guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or rounding third base, get home safe.